Hey everybody, it's Pastor Matt. We've been recording uh, my messages since about mid-March for this podcast. And um, yeah, sometimes we have uh, recording glitches. So I just wanted to let you know that the volume on this is really low. Um, I hope that uh, you can enjoy it a little bit. Um, it might not be very easy for you to hear, but uh, I just wanted to post it anyway um, because it is uh, it's still um, you could still hear, um, but uh, you got to have have your ears really turned on, I guess, um, as my grandpa used to say. So hope you enjoy. Bye. Morning, everybody. In our study of Luke chapters 1 and 2, we've been looking forward to the coming of the Lord. And next week, we're going to talk about the story of his birth. Last week, we began to, to scratch the surface a little bit of what it means, what it looks like to worship God in spirit and in truth as we looked at the Song of Mary. And today we're going to learn from Zechariah as he also praises the Lord. And he proclaims that God is blessed, that He is worthy of praise for all that He has done to save us. When we think about the Gospel, one of the things that amazes me the most is that God did not have to save us and yet he chose to act for our good and his glory. He chose to come to save. And so after nine months of not speaking a single word, Zechariah opens his mouth to say that God is blessed. He speaks of how God is blessed for coming to save us. That God is blessed for keeping his word. And as Zechariah rejoices, we see that the greatest blessing of all is found in knowing the Lord. Knowing God, our Savior. Now, The background to Zechariah praising God is the birth of his son, John. And so we'll take a few moments to read the story of John's birth. In Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 57 to 63, or 66, sorry. Luke 1, beginning in verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father, which was the custom to, at the time uh, to name them after a close relative. And verse 60, But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, Well, none of your relatives are called by that name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring about what he wanted him to be named. 
and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered, and immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, Blessing God. And fear came on all of their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be for the hand of the Lord was with him? So God was faithful to his promise that he had said he would send a messenger, and he had told Zechariah that this one who would prepare the way for the Lord would be his son. And now John was born. And how is Zechariah going to respond to this? He receives his voice back and he opens his mouth to praise the Lord. Remember, this is the guy who doubted God at the first. And he was struck dumb by the angel. But now we see that he praises the Lord. He blesses the Lord for what he has done. And he has faith in him. So I think it's worth paying attention to the words that he has said. As one who did not believe and yet now has come to trust in the Lord and his salvation. Let's read beginning in verse 67. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he's visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us, to show mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So Zechariah's tongue has been loosed. God has enabled him to speak, and he blesses the Lord. Specifically, we see that God is blessed for saving his people. He is blessed for keeping his word, for saving his people according to his promises. He is blessed in doing this for our good and his glory. 
God is blessed in saving us and we are blessed in knowing him and enjoying the blessing of his salvation. First of all, we see that God is blessed. That is to say, he's worthy of praise. Many of the Psalms uh, write of this. Uh, Psalm 106, verse 48 says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Scripture teaches us that God is blessed here from everlasting to everlasting. In fact, because God made the world and everything in it, Paul says in Acts 17, 25, that God is not served by human hands as though he needed anything. In other words, God does not need us to serve him. He does not need our praise to be blessed, but yet he chooses to offer to a salvation and to save a people to himself. He shows us great love, and in that he is greatly blessed. Because he chooses to show such love towards us in saving us in coming to earth that we might know him. He's blessed not only in who he is, but in the things that he has done. For he always acts according to his loving, merciful, and all-powerful, his character. In every way, he is glorified. He is blessed. And so when Zechariah says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, he points towards the redemptive work of salvation that God has done. He speaks of God coming to rescue his people. In verse 69, we read that he's raised up a horn of salvation. That's not a term we would normally think of. The, a horn was the symbol of an animal's strength. So a ram's horn or a bull's horn, it was a strong, a symbol of strength. And God is saying that he is going to raise up one who is strong to save. And in verse 72, to show mercy. Zechariah looks at what God is doing and he proclaims, blessed be the Lord for saving his people. Now, the wonderful thing about this is that God is already great. He is already blessed. He is worthy of all praise and honor and glory for he made all things. How much more worthy is he knowing that he came to save, that he came to show such love toward us, to save us. How is it that God shows such love toward us? 
Well, wonderfully, God chooses to love us according to his faithful promises. And that's the second point that I would like to draw your attention to in Zechariah's words. The basis of God's saving work is his promises. God blesses us according to his word. And so we see in Zechariah's praise and we read in verses 69 and 70 of the promise of David. He raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Well, where did God speak uh, uh, through his holy prophets from of old? about this promise to David. Well, one such passage is Psalm 132, verse 17. There I will make a horn to sprout from David. And that is only one of at least 40 references to God's promise. A promise that he made in 2 Samuel 7, 8 to 11, and God had told David that one of his offspring would establish his kingdom forever and ever. And so here, Zechariah praises God for he has heard of Mary, that she, she is with child, and he, has, he knows that uh, his son was promised to prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for this promised Messiah. God is keeping his word and he's blessed in doing that. And secondly, we see the promise that God made to Abraham. In verse 72, Zechariah says that God delivered his people to show the mercy promised to our fathers. And to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. Now, this is a promise that God would bless Abraham. And through him that he, that he would be a blessing to all the nations. You can read where God made that promise in Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 4. And God sent Abraham to go to the land of Canaan. And God repeated this promise in many different ways throughout Abraham's life. You can't continue on reading until the death of Abraham at a time when he hadn't fully seen the fulfillment of this promise, yet he had, it had been affirmed time after time after time and again. Until we read later, Paul reflects on Jesus Christ and his life and death and resurrection. And he talks in Galatians about how Jesus, the offspring of Abraham, died. That he became a curse for us so that those who believe in him are blessed. Along with Abraham, the man of faith who waited who trusted that the Lord would keep his promise. God is blessed for saving them according to his promises. You know, he didn't have to make those promises, and yet he did. 
And that shows us the kind of God that he is, that he is faithful, that he is loving. He is merciful. And in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, we read all the promises of God find their yes in him, in the person of Jesus Christ. So we can count then on the promises of God. The fact that the foundation of our salvation is in God and his word means that we can trust him. That it's not found in who we are, but in who God is. We are saved by our faith in a faithful and merciful God. You know, it's interesting to me to see how similar Mary and Zacharias praises are and many of the psalmist also. They flow out of what they know God has promised he will do. Because they know this God who is faithful and who is merciful and compassionate and who is just and righteous. They can count on the things that he says and they praise the Lord in faith. They rejoice because there is a certainty about what God has promised. And there is, is a trust involved when we worship. We have to believe the things that the Lord has said. So God is blessed for saving us and he is blessed for doing so according to his word. And thirdly, in verses 74 to 75, we see God is blessed in that he has a purpose or a goal for our salvation. And to use a language that's maybe found in other parts of the Bible, you might say that the, God's purpose in saving us is, is for our good and his glory. Now, the words used in our text in verses 74 and 75 are that we being delivered might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And so we see here God's glory that we should serve him and live for him and yet that it is for our good and that we might serve him without fear. I was reminded of a couple of passages that um, Psalm 34 verse 8 reminds us the Lord is good. And it says, blessed are those who take refuge in him. What that verse is saying is the source of true blessing, true happiness in, in a person's life is not us, but it is taking refuge in a good God. Entrusting our lives to him, just as one might entrust their lives to a shelter or a fortress when you are under attack. You know, if you... <laughs> If an army's chasing you, you need, you need the fortress. You can't fight them on your own, right? That's the idea. Trusting in the Lord and His strength. And there is great blessing in that. 
the great privilege of all those who trust in Jesus Christ is that we have a relationship with God. And as our text reminds us, it's one without fear. We have a relationship with God as children of a good father. In the book of Romans, Paul speaks of this relationship and he says in Romans 8.15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, we can call the God who is absolutely blessed and holy and awesome and great dad. How does that change the way that you look at obeying the Lord? Doesn't that put it in a different light? That we see that it is for our good? And that we have no need to fear? God is a not just a good dad, he's a perfect one. This is a wonderful privilege then. It is good that we might serve him without fear in righteousness. As God's people, we must recognize how good it is that we're able to know God and to serve him because of his grace and his mercy. Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, it's not as though we were these wonderful children and God is just, you know, doing it because we're his kids. (laughs) He saved us, though we were undeserving sinners and enemies of God. And he says that if we believe in Christ who died for us, that we are we are saved. We are safe in his arms. He is a refuge for us. So God is blessed. He's blessed because he's delivered his people according to his promises, and he is blessed because he has saved us and he has come to save a people to himself for our good and his glory. Now our text ends with this prophecy about John, the messenger of God's Salvation. I read it already. I'll read it briefly again. We'll just consider a little bit of the ministry of John. Verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. So he was to point the way to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the strong one to save, the one who has come to show mercy, to point the way to the Lord, to prepare his ways. Verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of sins. This is the message of John. 
Repent and believe. The kingdom of God is at hand. The king's coming. Let's get ready. Points the way to the Lord, giving the knowledge of salvation, the way to have a relationship with God, a restored relationship, to be part of his kingdom. Let's continue reading 78 to 80. And he has done this because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew, became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So John came, you know, often I think of John and I think of, you know, you brood of vipers and you repent. But he came. Ultimately, the purpose of that was to call people to the tender mercies of God and the light that was going to come and shine upon mankind. And guide us to the way of peace. Jesus is the only way to peace, the only way to have a relationship with God. And so John ultimately points to the one that that Zechariah has been talking about, points to the Lord who is blessed forever. Just to recap a little bit, when Zechariah's mouth was opened, he responded with praise. He saw the goodness of God and he rejoiced that God came to save us. That God was also sending a messenger to prepare the way these people needed to have that message to repent and to believe. Zechariah saw that God was blessed in saving us. This is all the more amazing because we don't deserve it. And yet we are blessed in knowing him. And in looking to him. It says massive Implications for how we live. This is true. Then instead of doubt and fear, we can have peace because we're secure in God's love. If this is true, then our significance doesn't rest in who we are or in our performance. Instead, our worth comes from knowing the Lord, God, who is infinitely worthy, the Lord who is blessed. The God who went to the cross that we might be saved. So we ought to take refuge in him, as Psalm 34 says, and rejoice. Do you believe that because he died to save you, you're able to be adopted into his family? And that the greatest blessing of all is knowing him personally? 
Please consider Jesus and what he has done this week. Whether you, you say you know him or not. Because it is in him that, that is we find forgiveness and peace and light in a dark world. And if you have lost sight of the beauty of the Lord as we so often do and wandered to other things, remember, blessed be the Lord God. Remember that he did not have to do anything, but that he saved us even when we did not deserve it, that he saved us because he is a good God, a merciful God, because he has made a promise to come and to save and to offer salvation to those who believe in His Son. Our lives are blessed in knowing God. Let's remember that. Sweet.